Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 2 Thessalonians. Today is episode 384. Looking at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 6 through 15. Let's read our passage. Now we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from every brother or sister who is idle and does not live according to the tradition received from us. For you yourselves know how you should imitate us. We were not idle among you. We did not eat anyone's food free of charge. Instead, we labored and toiled, working night and day, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. It's not that we don't have the right to support, but we did it to make ourselves an example to you, so that you would imitate us. In fact, when we were with you, this is what we commanded you. If anyone isn't willing to work, he should not eat. For we hear that there are some among you who are idle. They're not busy, but busy bodies. Now we command and exhort such people by the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and provide for themselves. But as for you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take note of that person. Don't associate with him so that he may be ashamed. Yet don't consider him an enemy, but warn him as a brother. This is Paul's second letter to the church at Thessalonica. His first letter was sent from Corinth after Timothy rejoined Paul and gave a report of what was going on in Thessalonica. And now, sometime later, Paul is sending this second letter. The primary issue is concern. There's false teaching that the day of the Lord has already come. And an outgrowth of that is some people are saying, since the Lord has already returned, this is the end of the world. Their judgment will be imminent. And there's no sense keeping a job. There's no sense doing things like that because the world's about to end. And so people had quit their jobs. People weren't supporting themselves. And they were booching off the rest of the people of the church. Paul has given correct instruction concerning the day of the Lord. It has not come. You know it hasn't come because there has not been this great apostasy and the man of lawlessness. Now he's concerning the issue of the people who have given up their jobs, who are not pitching in, not carrying their own weight. So verse 6, he says, We command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to keep away from every brother or sister who is idle and does not live according to tradition received from us. This is strong language. He didn't say, I urge you, I recommend, I ask you. He says, we command you. He used his authority here as an apostle. He's issuing a command. And what's he telling them to do? And he, he says, this is a command as an apostle in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's commanding them to keep away from every brother or sister who's idle and does not live according to the tradition received from us. Earlier in chapter 2, 2.15, he told the people of Thessalonica to stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught. So he already told them, hold to the traditions you were taught. That is, live the way I taught you to live. Live according to the doctrines of Christ that I have explained to you before. Now he's saying, if somebody doesn't do that, then keep away from them. Or if they're idle, keep away from them. Because if they're idle, then they are not living according to traditions because they're, that's part of the traditions Paul taught them was to 
not be idle. So what's it mean to keep away from them? And he's specifically talking about people in the church. He says, keep away from every brother or sister who is idle, does not live according to traditions received from us. So he's talking about people in the church who are not following the instructions that Paul has given. His instruction, his command to them is keep away from them. He doesn't say kick them out of the church. That's right. He doesn't give a whole lot of detail here, but he does specifically say they are to be kept at arm's length, so to speak, that uh, you're not to enjoy full fellowship with them. Now, he doesn't give exact details. And that's probably okay uh, because it's it, it then leaves it up to the individual church to determine what needs to be done based on the circumstance. But the point here is if they're not living like Christians, then call them to account and don't enjoy full fellowship with them. Verse 7, he says, For you yourselves know how you should imitate us. We were not idle among you. We did not eat anyone's food free of charge. Instead, we labored and toiled, working night and day, so that we would not be a burden to any of you. It's not that we don't have the right to support. We did it to make ourselves an example to you, so that you would imitate us. So Paul's saying, as apostles, we have the right to expect to be supported by the church. As we provide leadership for the church, teaching for the church, we serve the church, and it's appropriate that the church support us. But we didn't do it with you. Instead, we worked. We worked our fingers to the bone to provide a living for ourselves. We didn't accept charity from you. We pulled our own weight, and we did that to be an example. So it must have been some hint of this when Paul, Silas, and Timothy were there. Because in other, other letters, particularly uh, the Corinthians, Paul talks about it is appropriate for the church to provide support for him. But here he says we did do it when we were there. So I think there, there's already some uh, foundation for this idea that some people just won't work. He says in verse 10, in fact, when we were with you, this is what we commanded you. If anyone isn't willing to work, he should not eat. So Paul says, this is what we taught you when we were there. So obviously there was already a problem with this. If Paul has to give the command then, when he was at Thessalonica, if people aren't going to work, don't feed them. It's not saying don't extend charity to people who are in need. But what he's saying is don't support people who are lazy. Don't support people who refuse to work. And that's something he's already dealt with there. But it sounds like it's getting worse, because, particularly because of this teaching that the day of the Lord has already come, the end of the world is near, and others will take care of me. Verse 11, For we hear that there are some among you who are idle. So here he says, I've gotten a report. I don't know how he got this report, but he has gotten a report that there are these people who refuse to work. Because they are not busy, but busy bodies. Verse 12. Now we command and exhort such people by the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and provide for themselves. He uses a similar wording he did up in verse 6. He says command. He also includes exhort. 
which would be to urge. So he commands and urges. It's a, it's a little bit softer than you know, do this or else, but it's still strongly worded. You know, there's a authority behind this. Okay, guys, knock it off. Get to work. Support yourselves. He says they're not busy, but busy bodies. Now, some of this goes back to his letter, 1 Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, starting with verse 9, he says, About brotherly love, you don't need me to write you because you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. In fact, you're doing this toward all the brothers and sisters in the entire region of Macedonia. But we encourage your brothers and sisters to do this even more, to seek to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you that you may behave properly in the presence of outsiders and not de be dependent on anyone. So some things he specifically mentioned here are, one, to work with your own hands and mind your own business to lead a quiet life. He's challenging those who are idle, that is, they're not working with their own hands, that they're busy bodies, so they're not minding their own business and leading a quiet life. Verse 13, but as for you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey our instruction in this letter, take note of that person. Don't associate with him so that he may be ashamed. Yet don't consider him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. Now, his final instruction is uh, to those who are carrying their own weight. Don't grow weary in doing good. And if somebody doesn't obey what I have instructed, he says to take note of that person. Now, he doesn't say what that means. Say you have a list or and specifically say call them out. But he does say take note of them. That is pay attention. And the whole point here is to provide correction, corrective action. This is church discipline. Church discipline isn't always kicking somebody out of church. Church discipline means the church stepping in and calling someone to account. So here you have people who are not willing to work, who are expecting the church to support them. And Paul says, take note of them. And up in verse 6, he said, keep away from them. Now in verse 14, he says, don't associate with him. But he also then adds, don't treat him like an enemy Warn them like a brother. And I get it to give the details. What does this really look like in real life? But the, the idea there is you do treat them differently. They're not considered full members of the church in good standing. They're on, they're on some kind of probationary status. They've been called out. And notice the goal, that they may be ashamed so they've been, take note of them, as specifically call them out, warn them, command them, urge them. And the whole goal is that they'll be ashamed and change their behavior. Not supposed to associate with them, and you are supposed to keep away from them. So there's some limitations. It's not that they've been banished from the church, but perhaps they've been banished from fellowship dinners breaking bread together. Perhaps they're being forbidden from participating in the Lord's Supper. 
We don't know what it is, but there's some kind of disciplinary measure in place that's going to restrict their fellowship with the other believers in the church. So you're not saying they're unbelievers. You're not treating them like an unbeliever, but you are treating them differently because of their behavior with the goal of prompting them to change their behavior. We don't like church discipline. It's just, it's unpleasant. And most people want to go to church to love one another and help one another, care for one another. But there is a, a place for the church to exercise church discipline where the church comes together and says, hey, you're coloring outside the lines. Quit. Knock it off. Shape up. And depending on how bad it is and what the result is, it may just be you're removed from certain ministry positions. It may be you're called out publicly. It may be you're actually forbidden from participating in some aspects of church life, up to even the point of being excommunicated or is kicked out of the church, treated like an unbeliever. Paul's not saying to do that here. He's saying, no, you treat them, treat them like a brother, but warn them as a brother. But there are some severe limitations on the fellowship that you're going to enjoy with them. And it's not meant to be punitive. It's meant to be corrective so that they will be ashamed and then change their behavior. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we finish up 2 Thessalonians 5.16.